What does owning nothing but controlling everything really mean? Well, in my house, it means we run everything by a three-year-old. I don't think that's what he means. Okay, sit right there. We'll be right back. Expert Talk is sponsored by Pod Nation TV, the podcast to broadcast network. Welcome back. You heard me right. What does owning nothing but controlling everything really mean? In my household, it means my grandson runs the world. But I don't think that's what my brother Chris means. Hey, Chris, what does this mean? Yeah, well, it certainly doesn't mean run everything by your three-year-old. Matter of fact, (laughs) that would be a great way to own nothing because if you just run everything by your three-year-old, you're not going to have anything because they just will take it it all. I love it. That's not a bad plan. You know, hey, listen, you were saying, I don't think that's what I mean, but that could work. If your goal was to have nothing and own nothing, well, (laughs) just uh, get yourself a three-year-old and just run everything by them. I like that. But that's not really what I mean. You know, it's so own nothing, (laughs) but control everything. It's been a cliche thing that I've heard about my whole life, you know, and I only thought that was available to the wealthy. Like, you know, because you hear about the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and, and you hear about the Hiltons and everything else, and they don't own anything. When you really, I remember one thing that got me at, it showed me a, like a org chart of like one of the big hotel chains. And it started at the top, this company, and it said, own nothing, owns nothing. It hires that out. And then this next company, you know, did all the maintenance and everything, but they owned nothing. And then they, they were hiring everything and everything went down and, and you're just like, what the heck? Well, you know, that's pretty important for a big hotel. Cause if somebody slips and falls, like, and somebody wants to sue them, well, they, uh, you know, you'd have to go a long way to figure out where, who owns, right. Who owns it? Right. So I think there's some importance in that because many of the people that I'm sure are listening to this have assets. You know, they have stocks. They might have mutual funds. They probably have cash in the bank. They have a house. Maybe they might have a car and maybe they own some rental real estate. Now, let's talk about rental real estate. Imagine if you owned a rental, the chances of you getting sued go up probably by, I don't know the stats, but I'm going to make it up probably 80%. Everybody wants to sue. I live in New York. It's sue happy crazy out here. And, you know, somebody slips and falls. I don't know. Nothing you do wrong as the, the landlord. It's just they slip and fall going down the stairs. You know, maybe they had a long night the night before and just woke up a little tipsy. And then they sue you. Well, guess what? All of the assets you have, if not structured properly, can all be on the chopping block. And that is the wrong thing. So most people are like, well, you have insurance. Yeah, well. You ever been sued? Because if you say that, you've never been sued. They sue for the full amount of the insurance, and then they go after your personal assets. But, you know, here's the goal. The goal is when they get to your personal assets, they find out, the attorney finds out, holy cow, these people have nothing. Well, how does that work? Well, let me tell you. There's a couple simple ways. Now, you could do all the trust planning, you know, so like the simplest way, the way the Rockefellers and Rothschilds, they do complex trust structures. So they got different trusts, business trust, family trust, but... I'll put your audience to sleep talking about that. So let's just talk about simple ways. Why do people invest in real estate? You're laughing and you're like, thank God. 
Yeah. I was right. worried. I got to tell you. I, I, like, I oh, would gosh, never. Is really to do this? Oh, I would never, <laughs> ever do that. But I had to say it, right? Because that is a way to own nothing. You could put it all in irrevocable trust and then you have nothing when they look at you on paper. But let's do something, something a little more simple. Number okay. one, you know, a way to protect yourself would basically be to not own the real estate, right? But people are like, well, I want to own real estate. I need the income. Great. Why do people buy rentals? Why do people buy real estate? The income. Number one reason. Right. I want passive income is what they always say. Okay. Right. Great. You want well, to make now, money in the sleep. Yeah. So, you know, I used to own a lot of real estate. How do you think I knew about all the lawsuit stuff? I've been sued so many stinking times. Not for anything we do, but that's just what happens. And then yeah. I finally got sick of it. My wife and I, after we had our TV show, we went into this space where we started selling off all of our real estate. And when we sold off our real estate, we had some money. And I remember one of my mentors once told me to go, he said, the ultimate in real estate is being the bank. And here's what I, I looked at. I started studying what banks do, you know, because banks really what they do, they, they get us to give up control of our money. They take our money yep. and send it to work for them. They, they, they're, they're the bank, right? They lend that money out and they make a spread. So I started saying, well, how do I be the bank? And I don't want to own anything. So all I had to do is find people like I was that needed money to buy real estate. And then I would basically just lend them money. But when I lent them money, I don't own the real estate. I have zero liability with the real estate. Sure, I have some risk with the person not paying me. So what I do is I make them put me in first position on the mortgage. I mean, we've all gone through that process of getting a house and mm -hmm. you get a mortgage. Who owns the house? You're like, well, I do. I live in the house. No, 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 the, no, no. <laughs> the bank might not own the house, but they control it. Make no yep. two ways about it. You don't pay them, they're taking your house. So that is the whole. So now think about that. The bank doesn't own your house, but they control it. So I just wanted to do that. I wanted to mm -hmm. control all the real estate. I wanted to make the money from all the real estate, but I didn't want all the headaches and I didn't want anything that I could get sued for. So I just started lending money on houses. And when I would lend money, I'd put myself in a first position. I, I watched Talladega Nights. And I remember Ricky Bobby's dad said, as he's getting kicked out of the school, he says, son, if you're not first, you're last. last. And I said, yes, sir. I got it. So I'm always going to be first position. So if they don't pay me, I get the house because I'm number one. I control that thing. But the second thing is if anything ever happens to that house, you know, a hurricane, a tornado, a fire. Ooh. Yeah, I know bad things, you know, but hey, let's talk about reality. Sometimes it happens. I make sure that that borrower puts me on the insurance policy. Hey, the car, car, you know, finance companies make them go on the insurance. Well, the bank's mm -hmm. also on the insurance and the homeowners. So I want to be on the insurance. So now if it burns or gets wiped out by a hurricane or tornado, I get paid by the insurance company. So I got, I got none of that owning stuff. If I get sued, you know, they can't say, well, I want that. I want that house that you're lending money on. I'm like, well, then call the guy that owns it. Like I don't own the house. So these are just simple ways that you can literally start to own nothing, but control everything and make a, a bunch of money doing it by just mimicking what banks do every single day. And, and that's all I've done. I started selling off all my real estate because I didn't want the headaches and the liabilities. So now we only have a small portfolio and I'd have none if I could just dump them all today. And I would just basically be the bank and control everything that I do. You know, why don't they teach this stuff in school? <laughs> well, yeah. You if they tell you, that's it. No, no, it's a valid question. Think about I mean, that. It's like, we spend so much time on stuff we never use, you know, and our permanent school record, 
you know, and then you, you get out and they say, okay, now you're a well-educated pawn on the chessboard. Go out there, be a pawn. You do the work. Somebody else will make the money and you just get in debt and, and welcome to America. This is what it is. Oh my it's gosh. Like, then somebody comes along like you and goes, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting. It's broken. I mean, how come in schools, they don't just teach kids how to do a simple budget, right? That'd be a good starting right. place. No, nowhere. But they learn, I don't even, what is the new mathematics called that they teach? Do you even know? Crazy. It makes no That's sense. That's what it is. Yeah. It's called crazy. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. But like, why don't they just teach them business math and teach them how to run a band, uh, like, you know, do a budget and balance a checkbook and maybe a, Hey, go crazy and teach them how to actually do some bookkeeping on a spreadsheet. That'd be monumental. But then if they started teaching you banking, then all of a sudden you'd become dangerous to the banks, which are the backbone True. for everything. And, you know, if you think of the True. fed, we talked about that in the beginning, the fed mm -hmm. runs the central banking. So they don't want you to know banking they don't want you to know how to own nothing and control everything and do what the bank does and all this stuff I'm talking about. So they just try to keep us stupid when it comes to money so that we just keep doing stupid things like give up control of our money to the banks and to Wall Street so that other people then can make our hard-earned money go to work for them. Uh-uh, I'm not buying it. I'm not doing it. And I hope I can help some of your audience not do that because that's the secret sauce is just take back control of your money, learn one or two things that you know, like, and understand and apply that knowledge. I mean, if you could start, if I could have known this 30 years ago, how much difference, you know, our lives would have been by just having that kind of knowledge. So, you know, for the people that are out there watching it, I'm not saying it's too late for us because I know it's not for us that are, you know, late 50s, 60s, 70s. It's not too late. But those 20 year olds, hey, stop playing video games and suck it up all the bandwidth and learn how to do this stuff so you have an amazing life. Okay, Chris, how do they get in touch with you? I'm going to get off my soapbox. Yeah, so I got videos upon videos on this stuff, and you just go to chrisnoggle.com or go to my YouTube channel at the Chris Noggle, and you can watch all the videos, Watch my go to my webinars. But here's – I got something special. You, we're talking about okay. school, why they don't teach this. So I know we're rapping, but I want everybody to go watch my TEDx talk that I did. The TEDx okay. talk is called Rethink Money, A Letter to My Daughter. I wrote my, um, my daughter a letter. My daughter's two and a half. I wrote her a letter about how money really works. So all the things you just talked about why they don't teach us, I told my daughter in a TEDx talk. So I want everyone here to listen to that or watch that TEDx and go apply that knowledge for your children. That's the only way, folks. It's the only way they're going to learn how money works. Your daughter's going to rule the world by the time she's 25. You are amazing, sir. I can't wait to see what we talk about next month. But yeah, it's time for us to educate the youth because, hey, it's our world too. I love you. You're the best. I can't wait to talk to you next month. Thank you. All righty. Hey, everybody. Yeah, you know me. I got to get on my soapbox sometimes. That's just the Tico way. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know I want you to come back next time. And as always, I'm Tigo. I'll talk to you next time. I got to make a list for my grandsons.